welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. This is your host, Alexandra Zahner. I'm so happy to have you joining me here today. And I'm connecting with Molly Doyle. She is a local mama to three boys and the owner of Molly Doyle Fitness and someone that I've had the opportunity to connect with over the last year. She's so inspiring, motivating, and I've loved seeing her show up, especially in the last few months, just being her true authentic self with some super fun reels on her social media, which I'm loving, by the way, Molly. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It, um, it's embarrassing how long those take me to make. I <laughs> all of that. And it's like, I'm 34 years old. Should I be doing this? Um, yeah, I should be. It's going to take edit it, but I don't care. I love <laughs> it. But- I also struggle with that too. I'm always like watching these other videos on TikTok or real. And I'm like, how do these kids do these transitions? I don't understand. I need to probably fit like post some that I tried to be cool in and, or tried to do cool things with, and the way they turned out is, is hysterical. So I think I might need to, speaking of authentic self, like I should be posting those to be like, yeah, yeah, no, like (laughs) easy as it looks. And it literally takes me all day to edit these and I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay. That's all right. We're we're all just figuring it out as we go. (laughs) Molly, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself you know, where you come from, your background, how you got into your business and just kind of share with the listeners who Molly Doyle is. Well, sure. Thank you. um, It's great to be here. Likewise, I've known you now for probably, well, over a year and um, just from a distance. And now we've been able to connect a little bit more. I think everybody during the pandemic is connecting more Um, via social media and so like for us it's been a way for us to kind of communicate and get to know each other more so it's um, really an honor to be here and I just love what you're doing so with that I think um, you know to take you back to who I am I um, I'm a Minnesota girl I was raised in um, southern Minnesota I had um, just a great upbringing I had two sisters surrounded by um, the great parents and um, love Minnesota. I didn't go very far from home when I went to college. I went to Mankato State University and also loved my experience there. Um, but through high school, I was pretty active um, on the dance team. We were, that was what all we did for like nine months out of the year was trained. So I was pretty like physically active all through um, high school. And that definitely instilled the importance of moving my body to me. Um, as I went into college. And so I always wanted, since I was a little girl, to be a physical therapist um, and in particularly to be a pediatric one. And so what I took with me going into college, like I was going to be a pediatric physical therapist, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. 
but like, as we know, life um, doesn't always go according to plan. And so um, I worked really hard in college. You know, I was definitely not like a standout student or anything, but I, I, I did well and I um, applied to graduate school. I worked in a PT clinic all through college and I didn't get in. I didn't get into graduate school. And um, unfortunately to be a physical therapist, you have to get a doctorate in physical therapy. And I, and I didn't know what to do once I couldn't get in. So the reason I tell this story is because it definitely brings um, it, it brings it full circle to, to where I'm at today, owning my own training business. Um, but I went to school. My undergrad was in exercise science. Um, and then, of course, th- with the goal, as always, to be uh, a physical therapist. So when I um, got those roadblocks of, of not getting into any graduate school, I didn't really know where to turn. I just ended up getting a job out of college, um, just at the Heart Institute in Minneapolis, the foundation, just in health and wellness. I I can tell you though, I was not happy um, sitting at a desk, even though I was in the health and wellness field, it just was not what I wanted to do. It wasn't my end goal. Um, So I should back up a little bit because when you have a undergrad degree in exercise science, you have to have an internship. And it had to be in a gym setting. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is not like my jam. This isn't my end goal. This is so pointless. But I some way, somehow, and I just believe in everything happens for a reason, found this incredible internship in Minneapolis. Um, it was at a corporate fitness center. And I just applied. I got it. And it changed my entire life. Um, I realized like, wow, being on this side of helping people, right, that are people that are ready to transform and just being a part of their, of their, of their huge life change, or even just everyday life of exercising, um, it like started a spark in me. And I was like, okay, something I really love. But I had to go back to school, finish out my last semester, continue apply to apply to schools, and it just didn't work out. Um, So then I did that uh, corporate job, was not happy, but then I got a phone call that there was an opening back at that internship place about a year later. Mm -hmm. I jumped at it because I just knew how happy I was. And again, now we're going on year two of me trying to get into graduate school and it just, it didn't happen. I got uh, rejected again. And so in my head, I was like, I need to accept this. I need to take this for what it is. I'm not going back to school to change grades. And so I need to just I need to be okay and come to terms with that. My end goal that I've known since I was in first grade isn't happening. And so um, I went back and I got that job at that corporate fitness center and I haven't looked back since. I found my place, I found my calling and I was there for um, four and a half years. I became the manager after two years and then I managed that corporate fitness center for those two years. And then I thought, you know, I'm kind of at my ceiling here. I'm ready for more. I was starting to dabble with my own business. I started um, Minnesota Bridal Boot Camp, like around the time I was getting married, and that got a lot of traction. Minnesota Bride Magazine picked it up, and so I was able to do that on the side. And then I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what? If I want to do this, and it was really my husband like encouraging me. You know, you're doing a lot on the side. Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to stay at corporate world or do you want to do this? Like, this mm-hmm. is getting a lot to do both. And so I just, I jumped in, I left that corporate fitness center job with one client and um, a couple of classes I was running. And then I just never said no. I never said no to any opportunity that came my way. Um, 
I taught at studios all across the city. Um, I'd start in like Maple Grove and I'd do corporate uh, classes and I'd work my way back to St. Paul and I'd hit like a one-on-one client on the way. I'd stop in Minneapolis and train another client. I'd go to a class and then by seven o'clock at night, I'd end in St. Paul with my one client and my group class. And then it grew. It just grew. Like I said, I never said no to an opportunity. And then I just was able, when I had my first son, I thought I needed to stop traveling the Twin Cities all day and training, mm-hmm. really hone in on St. Paul because that's where I call home. And um, I just grew my personal training business from there. And it, it has really transformed in the last, I'd say, two years into what I really want it to be. It's not my end goal. My end goal would definitely be to have a training studio to call my own. But um, who I am as a, as a trainer and a coach and who I want my clients surrounded by in terms of the community that I um, help foster is exactly where I want it to be. So I believe in the power of support, especially supporting women. I don't only train women, but that's definitely where my passion lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, I started semi-private training sessions. So that's four people to one me. And it has just created this really amazing network of um, sessions, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's showing up for just me, they're meeting friends there and then they're now their community and they're holding each other accountable. And it's just been really, um, really amazing the last two years to see my business take off where I want it to be. Um, And so that's where I'm at right now. Of course, the pandemic has changed everything for me. Um, And throughout all all that growing of my business, I've also been growing my family. I've had three sons last five years. Um, so grow, I, I told myself in my thirties, I was going to be, you know, growing my business and growing my babies. And that's kind of where I'm at now, four years later. But as you know, as we all know, the pandemic has changed course for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I pivoted and pivoted and pivoted all of 20 and I've now, um, you know, I, I've, I've found, I've landed somewhere that I'm going to just you know, to be quite frank, like my mental health really needed a minute. Um, mm-hmm. I just needed to stop the changes for a second. And I have, um, for the foreseeable future, just I'm going all virtual with my training. Mm-hmm. Really hard decision, but I needed it for myself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm launching a virtual platform and an at-home um, studio until I find a place to call my own, which mm-hmm really hesitant to do, but I and my clients are loving it. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now um, with room to grow and like open to grow as well. So yeah, that's amazing. I'm in 2020. And now I'm just like, I hate to even say 2020. I had a baby in 2020. It was a beautiful year for my family, but it was Mm -hmm. of course the hardest. So like 2021 is just welcoming it with open arms for sure. Yeah. I, There's so much of your story that I resonate with and I had not heard all of that before. So that was, it's cool to hear exactly what you were sharing. I studied exercise science in my undergrad. I didn't know Um, that either. Yeah. And I was really wanting to go the PA route and had thought about PT. Then I decided PA also did not have the grades to do it and recognized a pivot had to happen worked in sports med and like very similar to you was like, oh, I'm seeing all of these patients when they're injured. I yes. want to, I want to see people and I want to keep them healthy. And that's when I made the pivot to working in fitness. And well, girl, we've got a lot more in common. Yeah, we do. Seriously. Okay. Well, yeah. So you feel me in that, like just the realization of like, yeah, that lifelong goal is just 
no longer and what yeah and can you talk a little bit more about that when did you start to recognize all right this pivot has to happen and instead of like the pushback of it start to embrace it and recognize like maybe there's a reason you're not meant to go down that path and that fitness is actually the path you should go down yeah yes absolutely i'd love to because it is a huge part of my story um And to be honest with you, it was when I started applying to other programs just to get into a graduate program. Like I tried occupational therapy and I wasn't getting into that either, that I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing? Like this, like why resist it? You know, when I, I I kind of, I just kept going back to that spark that I felt in my internship that um, there could be something else out there and that's okay. And and, um, I'll refer to my husband a lot in this because he, he is such a driving force behind like who I am as a business owner. Um, he is incredible in so many ways, but it was really him that just made me stop. And again, and now this happened again in 2020, which I'll, I'll, I'll go back to, but he just made me stop and, and just be like, Hey, he too has had to take different courses in his life due mm-hmm. to circumstances. And so he was like, let's just accept it and make a plan. You know, what could you, what do you want to do? What should we do? Like, let's just surrender to it, you know? And so he really helped me know that it was okay to, to quote unquote, what I thought fail. Um, and to, and that it's really just like opening other doors. And so it was when I started applying to other programs, I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like you just need to, you never wanted to be an occupational therapist before. Let's just move on and let's see what else is out there. And then that's truly not that much longer. I got the call from my old boss at that corporate fitness center, who today is still a lifelong friend of mine, um, where she wanted to interview me for that full-time position. So once I just let it go mm-hmm. or was able to come in, which led me to my, ultimately my career mm-hmm. happily in it, you know, and I go to yep. times for myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so right where I belong. Like that is not where I belong at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am right where I need to be. That's awesome. And I think it's such a hard thing to do, especially when we have this vision for ourselves but then when the I feel like life is trying to tell us there's actually a different path that we should go down it's hard when we're like getting sent those signals if we so badly think that we need to be going down a different way and then it's finally like sometimes you just need someone else to give us that wake-up call of like hey Alex or hey Molly what what about pivoting what about going a different route and then you end up doing it and I think Sometimes it might work out for the better. Sometimes you might fail and you just don't know till you try, but instead of pushing back on the change, you just want to embrace it. And I feel like that's, that's really what it sounds like your husband helped you to like lean into it more. Yes, he did. And he does like every day. Cause I actually hate change. And so like anything off course, like my personality just isn't the type that I have a, like, I have a plan. I have an end goal and like changing of that or, um, big life changes or when I veer off that path, it, it does, I don't do well with it. And so I'm really happy to have like found a partner and a lot of my friends and family too, but especially George to just be like, nope, it's okay. Like it's, it, it means nothing but new opportunity. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't failure. It just means like growth really. And I have to, I'm learning <laughs> to lead to that more. And like I said, again, in 2020, I was faced with it again. And George again, and this wasn't too long ago, had to sit me down because I was trying to open a new studio in St. Paul and it just wasn't working. Like 
it between like you know financing um between just trying to make something fit that wasn't fitting mm-hmm. long time recently george and i had to sit down and he had just like I, we need to have a, like, we need, we, we need, and you really need to accept that like, this isn't going to happen right now. What else would happen? Right. And so that's when I decided I'm not doing well. Like I really need to just stop and pushing this and accept and then pivot. Right. And that's when I just decided for myself to go to the virtual training route and it's live training. I'm still seeing my clients which has been great, but it's just never what I envisioned. I wanted to be that one place in 2020 that my clients didn't have to change. You know, we could be distant, we could be in masks, we could do all that, but I still wanted to be there in person. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't happening. It, I wasn't allowed to do it. And the studio wasn't working out. And so I had to just say, all right, I am not bigger than this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not what's going on in the world and I need to just pivot and accept. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's, I see, I feel like it happens to me every few years of just, there is this, I'm trying to push something that's just not going to happen. And I need somebody to say, it's all right, let's just figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you and your husband have that relationship where he's there to kind of be that sounding board for you, which I think is so important in a relationship, like you need kind of that balance. Yeah. I push. I mean, it, it sounds beautiful. The end is beautiful. The middle is messy. I'm sure. There's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. The middle is messy. George um, is, we're both entrepreneurs. And so you can imagine like the pressure on us all the time, like mm-hmm. every dollar in our bank account comes from us, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have to make, make it we have a life to live we have home and boys and bills and all of that and so with that comes a lot of pressure and comes a lot of stress and so the end goal or excuse me the end result is like I said really a beautiful thing but it is messy in between because I like I'm saying I just like to stay on course and I don't like pivot and he really encourages me to like look from other angles so yeah I mean a partner whether that's your best friend or your sister or your mom or your husband or whatever, I mean, it it is important to have people in your court that are not exactly like you and that don't just enable behavior that even that isn't going anywhere. It's, it's somebody to say, let's talk, Mm -hmm. you know, got to sit down here and talk and like come to terms with this. Yeah. I, it's for me for sure. With, with pivoting into the virtual space, how has that shift been going and I know you were talking about you kind of needed to also do that for your own mental health do you feel working in the fitness industry and you wanting to be that one safe space for your members that it was hard to make that shift but at the end of the day you also have to remember to take care of you and be a safe space for yourself yeah honestly Alex yeah that that make yes um if it were, if I did everything for my clients, like I would still be trying to figure out a studio and make a studio happen and Mm -hmm. put a lot of people before me. Um, I mean, especially as a mom, you know, we do that all the time. Right. And then as a wife and a good friend, and then I, um, yeah, I mean, I had a baby in the last year and, and my son, Frankie, my youngest was born 
the like five days before our world shut down, you know, so I was dealing with a lot mentally there anxiety, postpartum anxiety, anxiety about my business, anxiety about the way of the world. And I kind of just in the last month or two, yeah, I just realized like I'm not well. Um, and so what would make me feel more sound mentally and lessen my anxiety. And that was having a set plan for a foreseeable future, which I had now in a year. Mm -hmm. Going virtually was and is um, something like I, I should say was something I really didn't want. I just wasn't into it. I'm not into Zoom. I'm not into doing it. I love that connection with people. But now that I've been doing it for a month, Alex, like I love it. Mm -hmm. And clients love it. And it's working. Like my clients are seeing still seeing great results, still getting a fantastic workout, still connecting with me and um, others, because we've got people, we've got, you know, about 15 max people on at a time. So they're getting that community feel. I like, I don't know if you just heard a shift in my voice, but I'm, I'm like surprised at how yeah. much I like it and how much my clients like it. Do I want it to be forever? Absolutely not. Am I never going back to training in person? No. But this is like, it, it, and I, it, maybe it's just because mentally, I, I just love knowing I'm going to wake up and I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. My recently asked me like, oh, hey, honey, like what are the new rules for fitness centers? And I was like, dad, I don't know. And I don't have to know. And that feels yeah. really, really good. All I know is I'm showing up for my clients still to train in our sessions mm-hmm. and they'll be there waiting for me and I'll be there waiting for them. And mm-hmm. really helped me mentally a lot. And it feels really empowering to be like, you know what? No, this is what I need. Like I know what my clients want and I, but I, I need this. And it felt really good to make the decision, move forward. And, and I'm just a better everything. I'm a better friend and wife Mm -hmm. and woman and mom. And so it's been going surprisingly well. And I'm very, I'm really proud of, of the progress Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, you know, surrendering to it. Um, yeah. And for my clients for sticking with me, I mean, that's huge too. They're the, they're the foundation of my business. And so it's really been great to see their support as well. I think you could just tell initially when you were talking about it, that wasn't the path that you wanted to go down. And just like you said, there was this shift in your voice, shift in your face, the energy and kind of excitement around it. And I think there was a few like tidbits that I got out of that that are really important. You recognize you had to take care of yourself. I'm a firm believer. If we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not able to show up exactly like you said at our best for those around us. So you making that decision to go virtually, although it's not your end goal, you recognize that's what needed to happen right now for you to be the best um, boss for your company, the best trainer for your clients, the best mom, the best wife, and recognizing that that's what needed to happen right now, but it doesn't have to be forever. Yes. And that, like, that's something that's taken me a long time to accept that nothing has to, like, I'm just the kind of person that's like, I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to get married and then I'm going to have babies and then I'm going to have a business and then we're going to live in this house forever. And it's just like, no, nothing has to be forever. Like if George and I want to go move somewhere out of state, which we don't, but like, we can do that. Like we're in control and it doesn't have to be nothing. Everything doesn't have to be so permanent and like planned. And I'm finding even my type A self kind of a lot of like joy in that. And a lot of like, I think it's really empowering to know Mm -hmm. you're not stuck in anything. And like, it's kind of fun to pivot and it's kind of fun to turn my garage into a beautiful studio. That's not something I thought Mm -hmm. I'd do, but it's been really fun, you know? So yeah, learning a lot, that's for sure. (laughs) 
do out of curiosity, do you know what an anagram you are? I've, I've done it. Yes. And I just, I don't remember. And I, I, we were talking before, I think we pushed on like how I'm really intrigued in getting to know that, that world a little bit more. Mm -hmm. What do you think I am? Cause I did, I have done it. I have to look, I have to look at the numbers once I can see like what label. I can tell you it was right on. Like it was right on what I did the test or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh, totally, totally me. We, my whole family, I made them all take it and it was spot on for everybody. It was really funny. Maybe I, I should do that. I should, I should have my sisters and you should it's and my parents. Like, I think we'd learn a lot about each other. It's like the love languages, you know, you learn so much about people. Oh, are you the achiever? Oh, three. Yeah. I, I is what I'm going to coin you as a three, okay. but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it again. And you, then I'll, I'll tell you, you might be though a three wing two which means, so the achiever, but with a wing, meaning there's also strong attributes of number two, which is the helper. That's, that's it for sure. It was like, I had two in me and is there, is the achiever like a plea, like a people pleaser, like one, two, that, that, so maybe you're a two wing three. That's what I am. So you're a people pleaser, you're a helper, but you also like to achieve and strive. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that rings about, I, I bet that. you're I bet you're two and three together because yes, yeah, it's always very interesting. So if anyone's listening, you should go take the anagram test. You learn a lot. I believe in those things, but you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, no. And like I said, I've wanted to dive more into that side of or that world of whether it's like, you know, astrology or um, personality mm-hmm. and speaks so much about like who we are, who we are as like people and friends mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it's so a- you're right there. I, I love reading those. Um, I, I just think they're so interesting. I had a question about, so you're kind of talking about your anxiety was coming up for you. And one of the ways that you recognized you needed to take care of yourself and take care of that was pivoting and going virtually. Are there other ways that you take care of yourself? You know, I, I find working in the health and wellness or fitness just going back to even being number two is people pleasers, helpers. We always want to be taking care of others. And sometimes it's hard to recognize we need to take care of ourselves. Is that something that you've shifted into more recently or have you always been strong at recognizing when, Hey, I I need to step back. I need to do something for Molly. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say like once I turned 30, something just changed in me. So I, 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 I'm 34 now. And so at 30, I just kind of like, you know, through, I was like seeing a therapist at the time. I was just feeling like I was ready to like step in a little bit more into like womanhood and, um, and just being a strong, I just wanted to be stronger, more independent. Like I also really tend to lean on those around me a lot, like to make decisions to like, I kind of get stuck in decision-making and, um, and I really lean on other people to do those, AKA George, especially mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Like, I really want a partner. Like I can help through all this stuff, but like, I don't want the weight of our household all on me and like every decision to fall on me. And so I really need to figure out like what, why I was doing that. And so when I turned 30, I was just like, no, I need to definitely like look inward a lot more, take a minute, um, 
you know, like what's really important to me, I'm just, I, I try to hone in on, like, I know like connecting with friends is so important to me. Like George and I are very social, but I am too like alone. I love being with girlfriends. I love exercising of course, but I'm for, I feel like people would be surprised like for a trainer, like that's not what I do all day. I mean, like I work, you know, like just like they do like four to five times a week. It's not my end game. It's not my end all of the day. I've got a lot more that has to happen before I go and work out. Honestly, I enjoy it. I love finding new places to go. Um, and so, yeah, I've been definitely more mindful. Like on Monday, I have a nanny. It was important for me to have a second to myself. So I have a nanny come in for Frankie while the other two are um, at school or daycare. And I felt so guilty about that because while right now I'm, I'm staying home with him in the afternoons or the mornings after I train early why would I need a nanny? And George is like, it's all right. You also deserve a second. So on those days, the chiropractor, um, I got a facial on Monday. I eat lunch by myself. That's like something I really love to do is just like, it's always Chipotle. It's just my jam. But I love, yeah, I just, I try and it's not every week. It's not every, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's just doing those little things for myself goes a long way. And it took George a long time to understand like why seeing a friend was really important to you or going getting a drink with a friend or working out with a friend and it just because it's not important to him right like bam mm-hmm. he gets filled up and um he's like I get it now I get it like you value friendship so much and so go go do that go watch a show with a girlfriend on a Friday night like so yeah I think it just ended owning it and not feeling bad about that like mm-hmm. My family's everything to me, but I'm also a lot more, you know, there's a lot more to me than just the four walls of our home and my mm-hmm. husband. And I just, and it's okay to be that. And so, yeah, I've just been trying to be a little bit more like, who am I? What do I need? And it's okay to ask for that and go do mm-hmm. that. I, I really, that resonates with me a lot, especially just becoming a new mom. I think becoming a mom is not just the role that I hold, right? To me, becoming a mom, that, that is a role that I am holding. I'm also a general manager. I'm also a fitness coach, a wife, a friend, a daughter. And I think for whatever reason, when we become moms, it's the outside world. I feel like feels like that's, that's what our main role should be. And yes. maybe that maybe your you title that. Is, is always that, right? Yes. And you do anything for her and I do any kids and, but there has to be balance. Yes. And, and I've just realized like it, 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 and it's taken a long time. I mean, my oldest is five and a half. And so it's, it's just taken me a long time to be like, yeah, no, it's okay. It's all right that I still enjoy doing X, Y, and Z outside of the home. Like I'm still Molly, no matter what. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like, sorry, I didn't probably like hit on the anxiety part of all that, but me like just all doing those things and knowing who I am and what I need has helped me in my of course anxiety it's an outlet right it's Mm -hmm. just something myself so I think just like knowing who you are and being happy with it and and owning it and being like standing up to it not well I'm a mom so I shouldn't or you know like how I said earlier Mm -hmm. I'm 34 should I really be doing TikToks um yeah I should be who want to, you know? Yes. And so yeah. So it's just like getting rid of some labels is is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I I mean a hundred percent. I think if you 
are able to stay true to you and embrace who you are. And then, like you said, do the things that fill up your cup, you're going to feel more yourself than getting bogged down by what other people think you should be doing or how you should be filling your time. You have to like kind of put up the blinds and be like, this is what I know fills me up and is going to also make me be the best mom, wife, trainer, every title that you own. But at the end of the day, like it's more important to be like, who is Molly? And then all the roles are beneath that versus the roles controlling what you feel like you need to do. You need to like lean into who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yes, absolutely. And it's, it served me really well. Like it's, it's hard, but it, it, it has like made me just really feel well-rounded in life. And my five, my five-year-old Sully, the other night I said, I was giving him a hug and a kiss goodnight. And he, I said, I love you with all my heart, honey. And he's like, but what about dad? I'm like, of course dad, dad is part of my heart. But, but you said all my, all your heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, my family, I said, I hold a lot in my heart. You know, I love a lot. And like, there's a lot of room for everybody in my heart. And so it's like the same, it just made me smile. Cause he's just so intuitive right now. Mm. Um, curious. And so that just goes to show that like, there's a lot of room for a lot of stuff within us. And it's just like, setting those priorities and like focusing on the top, right. Mm-hmm. Can be on the top and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. we as women can be on the top and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, everything that you're saying, it just sits so well with me, especially hearing you talk about that being a mom of three and in your youngest and Clara are only like, like a few weeks apart. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, yeah. We were and, at the same time. Yeah. And we it's, it's the genders, right? Yeah. We didn't know. I surprise. And, and <laughs> Frankie was a surprise. And so when I see you working out, I'd be like, Oh, what do you think? And what do you, you thought for sure having a boy. I know. Yeah, I kind of thought I was having a girl. Um, oh yeah, no, that was really fun. Yeah. But they're very close in age. And it's, so it's, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's a whole nother layer of navigating, for me, my first, and for you, your third, this is probably a very different postpartum experience. And also just having two older kids as well during all of this, how do you feel, you know, what differences do you feel when you first were able to go home and be with Frankie and the boys and then navigating all of that? And then on top of that, you and your husband both are your own, like own your own businesses. Oh, Alex, you have no idea. (laughs) It was, well, for one thing, I want to just like, I want you to know that my heart goes out to you and any first time mom that is experiencing motherhood in, um, in 2020. It, it makes me really, my, just really sad. You know, it's like, so I give you props. You've navigated it. You're here. Claire is here, happy and healthy. And so are you. And so, so me having my third going into, um, 2020. Yeah. It's been a very different experience. And to be honest with you, I feel like maybe you've been like hearing conversations I've been having with my best friend via text um, and George, because I have just recently like finally put my finger on my feeling that Mm -hmm. I've just been something inside of me regarding Frankie's infancy. And like, I finally put my feet, my finger on it and I'm going to try not to cry, but like, um, I'm actually like really mad. Like I've just been really mad and really sad. And I feel like um, his first year of life has just, it's gone so fast, surprisingly, because I've been home more than I'm ever home before. Mm -hmm. 
um, but faster than my other two sons. And I, I know it's probably because, you know, I've got two other sons. So that's third's going to go faster because you're busy. But I just feel really like robbed of his infancy because I was distracted. Like from the day he was born, it was like the first confirmed case of COVID in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it was the world shut down. And then um, it was tax season. I didn't tell you my husband owns his own tax practice. So it was going to be a hard infancy anyway, because he was going to be gone for it. We weren't really planned. We always planned summer babies. Well, and like I said, life doesn't go as planned. So we got pregnant in the middle of tax season. I was due. And then this just, then it was um, riots in our hometown and it was, um, you know, election season. And I just feel like every turn I took, I was, my mind was occupied with like anxiety and distraction and fear. And I'm just like getting really mad. Like I am mad that that is how I had to experience my last baby's first year. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, I was home more than ever with him, but I just, I don't know. I just, it was really just, um, it was like stolen from us from a lot. And I try to just really focus in on the family, but it's impossible. You know, it's impossible to ignore and you shouldn't ignore what's going on, but it was really hard. And I'm really um, trying to like let go of like any guilt surrounding that. Like mm-hmm. it's normal for me to feel anxious, scared, uh, distracted. Um, and then just to try to like take that and do something different with it in 2021, because these things aren't going to change in life, but it just made me realize how much I um, want to make sure that I'm setting boundaries, whether it's like with my phone and the news, like I've stopped, you know, I've just like set some boundaries regarding what's working for me and what wasn't Mm -hmm. um, taking away too much. Um, So yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to like not look back and look forward on like how I can change and not get so, um, distracted or wrapped up in everything else and like focus a lot on like what I need to be okay. And it's okay for me to like not watch the news for a while. Like mm-hmm. feeling guilty about that. I thought that was such a privilege I had to like not have to take a look at it or not be really, really affected by COVID. I've had a lot of people that have had it, don't get me wrong, but I've, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just felt like it was just so lucky of me to not have to like care as much or mm-hmm. turn it off. And like, I'm trying to give myself grace and like, it's all right. It's all right. I, I'm not, gi- I'm given the circumstances I'm, I've been given and I feel really lucky to have, have them and be safe and happy and healthy, but um, that's not my fault, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, I just have to take care of, of me and, and not feel guilt about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just- and ev- everything that you're feeling with being mad, I think everyone is thinking back on 2020 and viewing it in their own eyes and in their own way that everyone's feelings and what they're taking from it, it's all valid, mm-hmm. right? I mean, nobody nobody can tell you that you can't feel a certain way about what you've experienced. And right. I, I, I think like with Clara, like I have a lot of like grief over her first year of, I have friends that have never met her. And yeah. it's like, that like tears me apart when I think about it. And I'm going to oh, get no. emotional now too. And it's like, it's hard. And then there's all these other things happening in the world and you're trying to be present and you want to make a change for the better because you want to bring your kids up in a better world where they are able to feel proud of who they are. They're able to be proud of where they're from. And it's just like this whole year has been just a shit show, honestly. And it's hard to not, I mean, like you said, feel guilty also of 
for me, I'm recognizing just how much I don't know. Yeah. Like when the riots happened in St. Paul, I was just like, oh, okay. I really don't know what a black woman or black man goes through day to day. It was looking at my three white sons and being like, why do they get a totally different experience in life than three other little black boys, Mm -hmm. right? That are just as pure, just as beautiful, just Mm -hmm. perfect, just as curious as my three white sons. Mm -hmm. Hit me so hard. Um, And I was rocking and nursing Frankie, looking out his nursery window and watching the smoke in St. Paul over the river and the helicopters and the army um, helicopters getting water in the river. I mean, like, this is what I was going through as I was nursing my three month old, thinking about my sons, thinking about everybody else's sons. Yes, it's been a lot and a lot to like reckon with and like a lot to be like, whoa, 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 and like come to terms with and yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I, it's, it's definitely, the year has been just so many different, it's, it's honestly hard to be like, yeah, the year was hard because I, I don't even like to use that word. It it was challenging, but it was also so rewarding. We both got to bring kids into this world. But then, you know, like you said, a few months later, there's riots in our hometown and you're experiencing that. And it for me, that was a huge wake up call of like, OK, holy shit, I I have to start educating myself yeah. more. How, how can I start to learn more? How can I be the change? And how can I make sure Clara is a part of that change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And like. Yeah, all all of that. And and I like my kids and I always talk about um, the highs and the lows of every day at dinner. Mm-hmm. And so I think it I'd be remiss to like not talk about like the really beautiful things that have also happened in 2020, like mm-hmm. you said, brought our babies into the world and and also just like the amazing quality time. And for me um, to slow down it's like a game changer, like to have my closest circle of friends and family that we see and do things with mm-hmm. and not worrying about everybody else. Cause you literally couldn't. And not that I don't adore everybody else. It was just like, what does this look like for me? What is important? You know? And like every baby I've had, well, the first two, when it wasn't in a pandemic, I would break down at about two to three weeks because everybody wanted to see the baby. I wouldn't say no to anybody. Um, I'd make sure my house was clean. I'd make sure I put, uh, jeans on. I would make sure, you know, it was just, and, and then George would always be like, shut it down. Cause I would break down at like three weeks, every mm-hmm. boys, shut it down. You're going to shut the door. You're going to say, no, you're going to sit down. You're going to feed our baby. You're going to hold him. You're going to wear pajamas. And your goal is to be, is to, you know, take care of the baby and for me to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so this time with Frankie, it was so beautiful because the door was shut and nobody could come in. And although it was hard at times, it, it really was everything for me because I was able to have those really precious few weeks, few new weeks, even though the boys were all of a sudden home and it was not, mm-hmm. I believe I was anticipating. It was, there was a lot of beautiful moments in it. And I was able to like cherish those new days as a new mom again, um, with just our family and not worry about anybody else. And so there have been 
was a really special thing for me. And I think um, it's, it's good to reflect on that because I'm sure I would have had another breakdown at three or four weeks if I, if that didn't happen, you know, and I, and I was, I had breakdowns for other reasons, (laughs) Uh, but it wasn't the pressure of saying yes, that wasn't, wasn't the reason for it this time around. And it was really nice just to be hunkered down as a family of five, wiping down my groceries and staying home. (laughs) Yep. It's uh, when it's crazy to think about back in March, um, we were at my parents when the first shutdown was announced and March 16th. Yeah. Yep. And we had, we're like, what do we do? Do we stay here? Do we go home? My husband had no time off for work, which I'm sure is relatable for you with being your own business owners. But for me, I was just, I felt like how that is a whole, like I could talk about that all day, but I find it very frustrating that the partner, whether whoever your partner is, they should get time off, whether they're carrying the baby or not. And so for me, we made the decision, okay, we're going to stay out of my parents for a little bit. And we're going to have some extra help because I'm recovering from a C-section and Jordan has to be available to work and no one really knew what was going on. And that was really special for my parents to just get to be with Clara all that extra time and just cuddle up on her and love up on her. And that was just really wonderful. And there are so many moments like that. When I do really think back about 2020, it's so easy to say, Oh, 2020. But I talked about this on one of my podcasts the other week. I really do also feel like 2020 gave us a lot to walk away with. Oh my gosh. And it gave us a lot to think about. And, you know, I think that's, a better way of looking at it versus it's so easy. I mean, everyone's been like 2020 is a dumpster fire. And I'm like, I can't even call it that because that's the year that my daughter was born. Yeah. Right. And I think it's a lot of quality time and a year Mm -hmm. that you just gained a lot of perspective. Right. Yeah. I think, yes, all of that. I think it's beautiful. I think you made the right choice too, to stay with your parents, especially as a first time mom, like how special for them. And, and I think I can't imagine though, for you, like, that's probably not what you envisioned when you brought your first child home. Mm -hmm. It wasn't to have all that time in somebody else's home, whether it's your parents or not, like you had a different plan and Mm -hmm. it's, but I give you so much, you know, props and praise for just saying, okay, like I surrender, like this is what I have to do. And it was probably a really beautiful thing. You probably got a lot more naps in and your parents got to bond with your daughter a lot mm-hmm. more would have, mm-hmm. you know, because as a new mom, you really want to go inward. And so it's easy to just, especially maybe with parents, cause you're comfortable with them to be like, no, not right now. Or I don't really want to visit her. And so like, you just, you were able to just, there was no rules. Mm-hmm. Isn't it yeah. funny that in the very beginning, we thought like, oh my gosh, two weeks we're shut down for two weeks like oh, yeah. we only knew and thank god we didn't but it is funny to think right away we were so trained to go 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 like what do you yep. mean you can't go to karate what do you mean schools closed what do you mean um you know our ice cream shop has to shut down which we you know like what do you yeah. mean it's like now it's like oh yeah like another day it doesn't matter you know i know i i think that's to go 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 that's that's such a big takeaway as we look back on the year is it's okay to a, like you said, say no to set those boundaries, B have time for you, not feel like you always have to cram it all in. 
And I hope people will take that with them as things do eventually open up. Remember how good it felt to go slow, to say no and, you know, keep leaning into that so that you can still enjoy like your time. Oh yeah. And like, I just find so much more joy when I do something, like when I get to go over to my friends and watch the last two episodes of Bridgerton and get takeout, that is like so much more beautiful because we're not doing it all the time. Like, you know, it's just like the things we get to do and we're choosing to do is like just that much sweeter, you know? And because it's, it's just such a treat now. Right. And, and, and so I think that that's a really cool thing is like the few things you're choosing to do or the people you're choosing to see or, and it's just, it's just that much sweeter. And I think too, like what I've really taken away with it is like being okay with like George and I had a rule like early on in the pandemic that we need to um, accept where people are at and like nobody's every, we just have to be okay with everybody's decisions, right? Like it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, they're doing this or, oh my gosh, they're not letting people do that. And like, we just said, you know what, we're going to do what we're comfortable with and what we feel good and safe about. And we're not going to judge others for doing any different because everybody has a different set of set of circumstances. And it's really easy to kind of get judgmental with what people not doing and so that really helped us just like nope we're gonna do what we feel good about doing or not doing mm-hmm. and we're gonna respect everybody else doing the same mm-hmm. um, and I think that I will take with me for sure going forward uh, I I think that is a huge thing is it's so easy to compare especially with social media and I've talked about this on a few of my other episodes it's just you can so easily see what someone's doing what they're up to where they're spending their time and it's really easy to just be Oh, they're they're doing this or they're doing that. I want to be doing that. And at the end of the day, exactly what you said. I love that you both made the decision of we're gonna decide what we feel safe to do and what are what we want how like how we want to navigate the pandemic. And it's not it's not our job to compare how anyone else is handling it. We just need to stick with the boundaries and rules that we've set as a family and continue to stick with them throughout. And doesn't matter how other people are navigating throughout. It's we're not, we're not there to judge them or what they're deciding to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really served us well. Like in the last eight months, nine, 10 months, Frankie is the pandemic. So I'm like, this is how long we've been doing, (laughs) you know, he's 10 months now. So yeah. It's, I mean, with Clara, I'm always like, okay, well, we closed three weeks after you were born. So, which is just so crazy. I remember she was a week old and I rolled down to Alchemy for everybody to see her. And that was, maybe it was two weeks because it was the last weekend we were open before we closed. And at that time I had no idea what was going to be coming. I'm like, bringing the new baby down yeah. to a packed gym, sweaty yeah. people. And I'm like, take a look at my baby. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> I know. I know. Um, Frankie was six days old. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely been a lot, a lot to take with from 2020. Yeah. One thing that you reference a lot is your relationship with your husband and your communication style. And has that been something you both have had to work at together to get to that point? Or I'm just thinking about someone listening, maybe they're single and they're looking for a significant other, maybe someone's dating or they're engaged or married. I think having that partner and being able to build up a relationship of 
built off communication and also understanding that it's not always going to be easy to make decisions together. I think so often we see people on the outside and we're like, wow, their relationship's so great. And it probably is, but it's probably also a lot of work. And it sounds like you two have a really great understanding of how to work together. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to paint a picture of perfection, like in anything. Well, I mean, if you saw behind this computer screen, you would see like the sink full of dishes, right? Like, and same with George and I, we've been together for almost 14 years. We met when we were really young and we've been married. We just celebrated eight years. Um, and still we have issues with communication. I mean, I was just bitching to a friend yesterday. Walk me through this. Like, is it me? Is it him? You know, like how I need an outside perspective about an issue we're having. And so, but I will say like, I admire, I think, you know, let's just say you're with some, just in general whatever you want to think about with your partner. I have admired George from like the day I met him. Mm-hmm. He was my type quote unquote. Um, but I've just admired him and, and always like, he's just, I just, he just gets it and he's sober. And so I think that, um, I'm not, that was a whole new world for me to, to get into. Um, but I just think it's, I think, my silver friends that uh, work a program are just truly well-rounded and just beautiful. They just get life. I think everybody should do the, the 12 steps, but um, they anyway, should. <laughs> I, I just think it's a, it, it just made George and, and many of my, our sober friends, and I shouldn't say sober friends, our friends, we surround ourselves with a lot of people um, that are sober, of course. But um, anyways, I've always admired George and I really respect him. And so even when we're having these hard talks. I don't, I'm a bad communicator to be honest with you. Um, and I always circle back around, like I have my moment and then we circle back around. And I think as long as you just have like that respect and admiration, and of course we're in love with each other, but, um, those things like are huge because even when I'm hearing some really hard things and I don't want to hear them, like I respect him. So mm-hmm. I need to take it in and just know, like, I respect what he's saying about my business, even if I feel like he doesn't get it. And then we can come together and like, talk about that. So I think just like the foundation of admiration that I have for him and respect, I just, I never want to lose it. I feel like we're, we're, I'm getting it. Um, I feel like I'm falling like more in love with him. And I don't think you hear that a lot in a marriage, like people talk down about marriage a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I just, I, I always just told a friend on a walk yesterday, I wish I could go back to my wedding day and just tell myself like, wait, enjoy that. Like, don't be scared. Like, don't like it. It's good. It's okay. It's hard, but it's good. Like, don't be scared mm-hmm. into today. Like marriage is a beautiful thing. It's so hard, but people just have such a negative. I just feel like it's people just talk negative um, a lot. And so I find myself falling more in love with George just as we become parents and as we grow our businesses and just, as we just keep, you know, he encourages me like new stages of life are great stages of life. It's not a bad thing that we're getting older. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have seasons of good and bad with your partners, but as long as you keep like that admiration and respect and, um, uh, you know, of course, love and friendship, like that's going to take you a long way. And and there's like, it's beautiful ending, but messy middles and like Mm -hmm. definitely life for us too. Yeah. I, 100% agree with what you're talking about with marriage. I I don't think marriage is for everybody, but I think there is this like viewpoint of you get married and then like your life is over. Downhill from there. And life is bad. You are, yeah, all of it. Like, I mean, 
Yeah. And I have those feelings too at times. Like, oh, I don't want to have to tell somebody where I'm going all the time. Like, I don't want to. And like, trust me. Yes. But there's a lot of good in marriage. I right. love partner. I love it. And it's someone that you are literally going through life with. They're going to be there to support you at your worst moments. And they're going to be there to support you at your best moments. And at the end of the day, you want to show up and support each other as you go out and you pursue life, but you also want to make sure that you're taking care of yourselves. So like him recognizing, Hey Molly, like, what do you need to do for yourself right now? Maybe things need to pivot. Maybe we need to think about something else. And then that was a way for you to recognize, okay, I'm going to lean into this virtual thing. Wasn't really what I wanted to do. Wasn't the way I saw things going, but I'm, I'm going to lean into it. And then you're there to support each other through that, through the ups and the downs. And yeah, I, I love being married to Jordan. We're only three years married, but it's so much fun. And yeah, it is a ton of work. And he is, I mean, I'm very lucky to have him. He, I joke that he's my housewife, but he is truly like my housewife. He, that's George. Like he yeah. does it all. Like he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the best superior parent for sure compared to us. Like both of <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I'm proud of that. Like, I think he's, he's just good at everything he does. And it can be so annoying at times, but also like, how fucking lucky am I? And I'm just like, I always circle that back. Like I chose really well. So like, I be proud of myself and you should too, that we just didn't settle and we chose really good partners. And that's, that's the biggest thing is I want people that are listening, whether you're in a relationship or you're single wherever you're at, recognizing like who you are and how much you deserve and not settling for less, but also recognizing that if someone, if it looks like their marriage is perfect or their relationship's perfect, you don't all, you don't know what anyone's life looks like beyond a screen unless you actually know them personally. And so remembering it is a lot of work, but it's rewarding. Just like I mean, I think about it can go right back to fitness, right? It is a lot of work to work out and to move your body and to feel good, to feel really exhausted. And, but yeah, it comes back around. Yep. Or like you're, you're going on a marathon. It's really fucking awful in the race. And then you get done and you're like, hell yeah, you know, and do it again. (laughs) And I I just, I think that's the important thing to talk about because you reference him a lot and it's clear you have like a really good, how much I do, but I, you have a great partnership, but yeah. I think it's important. Like, I love that you were just very like honest and vulnerable about, but we do have to put in a lot of work. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like there are, I feel like two times a year in our marriage, it's like, we got to sit down like mm-hmm. we're off, you know, we got to come together. Like, it's just, we can't find our groove. And I feel like it happens like every six months, we just need to like stop. And like, we sit on the couch I'm always like, do you think we should go to couples therapy? He's like, what do you want to talk about? Let's sit down. And we just sit on the couch or we sit in our bed mm-hmm. and talk about it. And um, he's like, so if you want to go to therapy still after our discussion, sure. But um, let's talk. What do you want to talk about? And I think something you said before of like, just knowing you've got that person that no matter what um, is going to be there and you're going to get through it um, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I remember George saying that, like, we're in it. We're in it together good, bad, like that is such a comforting feeling. And something else you said about if you are a single person um, looking for love or looking for a partnership in any way, don't settle because I will never forget. I knew I was in love with George 
the crate, like the most simple way, but this is like an example of who I had prior, you know, really just prior is that anytime I was with him in the morning, he said, good morning. Like he'd wake up and say, good morning. And I just thought that was so attractive. And, and then I thought about that, like, wait a second, like just saying good morning to somebody is like a kind thing. And for me, it was because like the other people I had dated, like they just didn't take the time to look at me and wake up in the morning and say like, good morning. And it was okay. just a simple thing. And I hear, I'm going to cry, but I hear him say it to my kids. Like we wake up and he's like, good morning, Sully. Good morning, Collins. Good morning, Frankie. And just a, acknowledging them. Like it, it, that is when I knew I was in love with him is because mm-hmm. this little thing that I never got before, but it clearly was really important to me. Mm-hmm. So like, don't settle for those, you know, don't settle on the little stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, I love that. I think one one topic that always comes up with my friends when I'm talking about them that are single is it's easy for me to say, like, don't settle because I found I my partner. Mm-hmm. And but I really I want them to see when I look at them, I'm like, you are the most wonderful human. And I want you to find someone that treats you. Yes, yes, that treats you like that. And so it's it's, I get that when I, when I say it to them, they're probably like frustrated, like, yeah, cool. You have your freaking husband. That's a good point. And yeah. so I, it's, it's so hard, but I really firmly believe that. So if you're someone listening, like don't settle, like lean into it if it feels really good. But if something's off, like don't feel like, oh my God, I'm 24. I have to get married or, oh my God, I'm 25. There's no fucking timeline like that. I hope you're listening. And that's what you walk away with is so often I hear why I want, I wanted to have my kids and be married by 25. And I'm like, no, there's no timeline. Like your timeline is your timeline. There's no set timeline for anybody in the world. Well, and it's worth it. I mean, I feel really lucky to have met George really young, like, like the right person really young. I feel really, really lucky for that, but I don't think that that's the way it goes for a lot of people. And I, I know it's worth it. I've had uncles that get married at 40 and it was worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then 50 because it was worth it. And they waited and they did their life. They did what they wanted to do. And then they got where they belong, right. Or where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I, it's so true. And I think that people that are in poor relationships would say, don't settle. And I think people that are in good relationships would say, don't settle. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like, we mean it. <laughs> It's true. Okay, it is it. Like I, I do. I can only imagine how it must feel though to hear when you're not in it. But um, it is worth it. It's worth mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Molly, I have. This has been so fun. We've gotten to talk about so many awesome I know. topics and things. And I, one thing I would love to just hear a little bit more about. At the beginning, we were talking about your business and how your goal is to just really, like reach your um, clients through not just fitness, but like mind and body and soul. Yeah. Talk a yeah. little bit more about that. Um, George is great and all, but like my business is just, <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. My mission is um, I, on my Instagram bio, I say I'm a mom on a mission to transform your mind, body, and soul one workout at a time. And so my whole goal is just to create and foster a really lovely and empowering community with my clients. And, um, and it's just done one workout at a time, whether, um, they're coming in, you know, to do their semi-private training with me and the crew, or they're a part of my Mary fitness program, which was, is a huge success. That's like where the soul part 
comes into play and giving back to people in need. Um, this year we raised like $12,000 and it was just a beautiful, fantastic program. But I just try to create this. Um, it's not a, it's certainly not quote unquote, just a gym. I mean, what I am trying to create in my business is, is exactly what I say. Like you're going to transform one workout at a time. It's just like getting through it. One thing I always tell my clients is, um, what self-esteem is. And I talk about this a lot and how you, how you get, build self-esteem with yourself. Um, it's not what you think it might be. It's not from a compliment from somebody. It's not from looking a certain way, but self-esteem is built by keeping the promises you make to yourself. Mm -hmm. My let said that a long time ago, and I hold on to it because it's so true. It's like, even if the scale's not moving, you feel confident that you you did what you said you were going to do. You woke up and you got your workout in, or you woke up and you drank the water you wanted to drink, you know, make sure you drink today or you take your vitamins. Like every time you do something that you promised yourself to do, you're going to build your self-esteem. That could even be like finishing a book this year, or, um, you know, it doesn't have to be fitness related, but like, I just, I love seeing my favorite part of being a trainer is seeing that point of their shoulders are back a little bit more their heads are held a little bit higher and it's not because they're losing weight. It's because they've finished a workout mm -hmm. and, or they, you know, they've done something that they promise themselves they do. And like, that's my favorite part of, of what I do and why I do it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's, it's so fun, at least when I'm working with members and for you probably like what you're talking about with your clients of just getting to see that shift. And oh, it's not the physical best. shift. It's that mental shift of them just carrying themselves with confidence. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's literally why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. It's the change. And I don't care about their clothes sizes. Like it's just in their face, in their body, in terms of shoulders back, head held high. I'll never forget one of my clients who I've trained for 10 years, like since since that corporate fitness job, my first one, I still train her. Um, she said that she has, it had been years since she walked down the hallway with her head up because mm. she was proud of herself. And it, and she lost at one point a hundred pounds, but it was so much more than that. It was just, I don't care how much you've lost that you are able to feel confident to not look at the ground when you walk is everything mm. to me. And so that is why I do what I do. Oh, no that is... That's so wonderful. And I love, I, I don't think clients and members realize when they share little things like that, how much, how much they mean. I have a folder that I go back to when I feel like I like need to, I can't do this anymore. Like it's, I'm exhausted as a coach or I need to give less and give more to me. Like I go back to that folder of those little things like, Molly, I never thought I could do this. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so, it's, it's, and I think that can, uh, that can apply in so many different facets of life. Just sharing little things of how someone has impacted you with that person. You know, if someone's making a difference or a shift in your life, tell them, like, don't hold that in because it might seem small to you, but by sharing that to them, that's something that they're probably going to hold on forever. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 it, and they do. And I've been trying to do that too. Like if I think something of somebody we were talking before about, um, um, Suze, yeah, that was on your podcast. Like I need to reach out to her because her, her episode spoke to me instead mm -hmm. of just, and I'm going to say like, 
I think your story is really beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing. Yes. I need to get together with you. I love Uh, it. So yes, let, I think that's a great note to like end on is just like, make sure you're speaking your truth, make sure you're um, surrounding yourself by people that Mm -hmm. lift you up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not to be cliche, but that is literally how you create ripples out into the world. So my last, my last question for you actually is what is the ripple that you want to create? Wow. That's such a good question. I want to say it before my computer dies. Um, I would say I want to be, I want to be a source for people, women, especially to, to go to, to transform their minds, their bodies, and their souls. Um, whether that's just through a workout, whether that's through uh, seeing a really hard day of me as a mom, um, maybe they want to start a business, but I just want to be that place that they can go to where they know, like we've said a lot, it's a beautiful ending, but a messy middle and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Molly. So, so much. It was so wonderful getting to connect with you. Thank you so much. This was lovely. And I feel like we could do this for another four or five hours. I Yeah. My favorite part about starting the podcast is just getting to connect and hear the guest stories and just talk about so many different topics. And it just, it really fills up my cup. And so I'm so happy that we crossed paths and then I got to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for what you do. You're doing a great job. So I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. I will tune in every week, every time. Yay. (laughs) Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in on the Creating Ripples podcast today. If you love what you are hearing, consider leaving a review so we can keep growing our amazing community. That is all I've got for you. Until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples.